are you, friends? How you doing? How's that morning commute going? The afternoon commute? Ooh, that's rough stuff, huh? How's the elliptical at the gym? I assume these are all the places that you're listening to this. Anyways, welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Fuck you, this American life. Anyways, uh, it's terribly funny. It's me, your host, your buddy, your friend, your sometimes lover, Steve Bazalone. And this, of course, is the podcast where I talk to funny people about terrible things that have happened to them. Today, we got a real banger of a guest. Uh, she's a lovely lady who I've had the pleasure of working with for the last year and have known her for uh, the last two or three years. It's none other than the lovely Miss Allison Rich. What can I tell you about Allison Rich? Well... One, she's a triple threat. She writes, she directs, she acts. Um, I've had the fortune to write with her on this situation comedy, The Goldbergs, for the last year. But she's also been a cast member for the last two years. She's wildly talented. She's also written on things like Billy on the Street and uh, a Saturday Night Live. Perhaps you've heard of it. She's also acted in a ton of shit, like Rob Riggle's Ski Master Academy. As I said, The Goldbergs, but also other people. And Party Over Here. And Comedy Bang Bang. And Angie Tribeca. And the list goes on and on. You guys get the whole whole picture. What I'm saying is she's talented, she's a smarty, and today she's going to talk to us about ooh, what it's like to have mm, a little bit of a codependent relationship with a high school theater teacher. How that's confusing, how it messes with your head, how you're not a fully formed person, so it's like, I think you're right. Anyhow, we're going to get into that in just a second, but before we do, let's do the stuff that you don't give a shit about, and that's the stuff that, you know, I care about. Like, hey, gang, do you like this podcast? Do you? I hope you do. If you do, subscribe. Subscribe to it. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your mom. This would be a thing moms love. Tell your dad. Maybe he's a little bit uh, antiquated, and he's not as in touch with his feelings, so maybe this will be real eye-opening for him. Anyways, do all that stuff. Also, check us out on the social media. Uh, you can check us out at terribly underscore funny. We basically just tweet about our guests, but we'd love to have an open dialogue. Drop us a line. Give us a follow. Uh, you can also check us out on Instagram and see our very attractive guests and sometimes pictures of my dog, the Lord Duncan, and that's terribly funny podcast that's instagram also i'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or concerns or whatever the fuck drop me a line at terribly funny podcast at gmail uh it's nice to have a dialogue with you guys it's nice to know that i'm not just shouting into the void so i'd love to hear from you um i think that's it that's all yeah that stuff's done that's the boring stuff now let's get to what you came here for the meat and potatoes and that is of course allison rich talking about all sorts of fun stuff now let's get some fucking theme music This is enough work. Don't accept no substitute. Great. Nothing else to do. Some terrible things from your life, and then I can laugh at them. Sure. I mean, okay. So the thing that I had in mind is not like by any means the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Doesn't have to be. It's not a competition. All right. Well, I'm a competitive person. Well, you're gonna. You're probably gonna. You're gonna win this year because you're the first one of this year. So okay. Yeah. Starting from zero. Um, but it's a thing that like I feel like. I haven't heard people talk a ton about, which is basically like I had a mentor growing up and things like really went awry in a oh, way no. that I like, you know, the last time I saw her, I was 19 and I like still think about it. And so basically from the age of um, when I was like nine, I decided that I wanted to like be an actor. Wow, that's pretty early on. Yeah. From like, tr- I mean, I have a story in my head, but I'm, I have to believe that like I somehow invented it. Uh-huh. The story I have is that, like, when I was nine, I was watching TV and there was a documentary about the kids who were in 
big uh, on Broadway. Oh, sure. And I was like looking at this documentary and I was like, I, this is me. That's I me. have to be this. Having no like artistic experience in my family's like not artsy at all. Nobody has any talent, you know? So but, like. Well, that, that, wait, it's great for them. They don't have any talent. <laughs> they don't have They're any, all a bunch yeah. of talentless hacks, my family. Um, But I just like, I remember going into the kitchen and being like, mom, I have to act. And I was like cr- crying, I think. Oh, but wow. that could have just been like a Tuesday. I'm a huge crier. Well, so, you were also. You know. A young child, and you know, it's yeah. a very emotional time for you. Yeah. So, anyway, at nine, I'm like, I want to be an actor. And I kept like, and she was like, sure, whatever. I kept persisting. And so, when I was 11, she found me this um, voice and acting teacher sure. who the was mentor. just like, yes, her name was Lynn. And um, she, I guess my mom found her through like another uh, mom who, of like a kid in my class. And this woman, like, sweet lady who would, like, teach me voice lesson, like, singing and acting and stuff. And I would go to her house this every weekend. This is all in weekend. Jersey, right? No, Long Island. Long Island, sorry. And um, I would go to her house for, like, an hour singing lesson or whatever. And then I, like, by nature, I'm such a, like, authority pleaser. Oh, sure. Like, just, you know. But you're not an only child. Was... I feel like that's, I have, like, one to please people because I am. Yeah. Where are you following the totem? I'm number two of four, but, okay. like, I had three brothers, so I kind of always felt, like, in a different lane right. than them. And also, like, my, you know, parents really value academia. So, like, it was really clear, like, day one, like, just get straight A's and be that, you know. We'll and love so, you if you get straight A's. Yeah, B's, exactly. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember being in second grade and... I had finals as a second grader. What? Yeah, like, and you, it's just like you have to do I, short division. Yeah, I don't. I just remember I like crushed it on all my second grade finals uh-huh. except spelling. Oh. I got an eighty-eight, which I was like mortified, and I had messed up there, there, and there. Which, as you know, being in the writers' room, I, I still do it. You know, I, but the, uh, I was like, this is a, a deep shame of mine. Okay. It's been within the last decade, and honestly, if I'm really truthful, it's probably within the last five years that I've fully grasped the difference between then and then. Okay. I think for a long time, I just put then for everything. Yes. And you then know, people were just like, mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I have that about past and past. Oh, sure. You know? Yeah. I kind of just let my fingers do whatever and it's hope fine. that the... It is like, it is like, it's. I think it's ultimately fine, but it's like, I, in the last five years... I've been a working writer for at least right. 15. I've been being paid to write for 15 yes. and more so. So like for a solid decade of being a professional writer, yeah. I didn't know that a very, very base. Yeah. And I, well, anyway, so on the second grade final, I, I, I mean, you're, my mom had to like sign all my tests and uh, to show that she like saw what my grades were and it was like. A plus 100, 103 extra credit, like well crushing done. Well done. it. Yeah. But then this spelling, an 88. And my mom makes no comment about any of my tests except that one. And she's like, could have done better. Oof. And like, so that, and my mom is a sweet, wonderful angel yeah, woman. But, cl- but like that from, yeah, I still remember it years later. So. Then when I got this mentor, That's Lynn. That's what drives you to the incel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then I like started taking classes with this woman and she just became like a, almost a third parent to me. But she really, she was very different from my own parents. So I would like be, um, you know, trying to please her in a million ways. And then outside of 
she just was the type of person that like you she just crafted like personal relationships with her students mm. um Ina I totally think like I'm gonna tell this story and like I think she uh is a questionable character but I think sh- her intentions have always been good yeah, she's right. just like I'm you know um misguided or whatever right. but so there came a time when like I was like her star student like there'd be recitals at the end of the year and stuff like that and she Are would you doing monologues you're doing songs what yeah you? I mean you're singing sure and then then she also started like an acting part of her program and this was truly out of her like little apartment where she had like one son and like just you know it wasn't like you were going to a dedicated like commercial space right. it was like someone's apartment and um which is already like cool but maybe creepy right it could go right either way. right and like my parents knew nothing of they're like she likes this stuff yeah. we don't like we hope she doesn't take it too seriously but like whatever Jokes on them. Yeah, yeah. And so then it started, I don't remember exactly the age, but certainly by the time I was 14, I would be calling her multiple times in the week to just like, I'm like naturally like very anxious. So whenever I had like a glimmer of anxiety, I would call her, tell her about it. She'd be like, well, what's that about? Why do you think? And da 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 So she was like a... a, a a placeholder for a therapist. Totally. Yeah. And it became like, I don't know like a ton about codependency. Like I haven't read a book, but what I hear from, I don't know, the headlines, the billboards sure. is that I think we started to develop a really like codependent relationship where like we'd have, you know, I'd see her every Saturday for these lessons and, um, a whole lesson would go by and we d- wouldn't do any work. And I'd just be like, I'm stressed about this and blah, blah, right. blah. And whatever. Right. And, and then she also was like, my parents are like conservative nerds and she was like this liberal artist woman. Right. And so she'd start to tell me things about like, I'd be like, what does it mean to be like a Republican or whatever? And sh- she would just start to like put things in my brain of like, maybe your parents have the wrong idea about this, that and the other. And maybe like, they're dicks. Right. Yeah. And like, on the one hand, it was like, sure. Yeah. Like, that's a valid thing. But then the older I got, the more I felt a bit like truly torn between like my parents and her. And right. she like kind of was taking on too big a role in my life. And so then um, then she started like doing these group classes and I would um, go to those and was kind of like her favorite student. And then here and there, she would tell me about like a student that she had that she was like no longer speaking with. She'd be like, this girl turned really like dark and I, you know, whatever. And I'd be like, Oh, and I was like, Oh man, they must like really be bad. And I remember like all of this is just in like glimmers, but I remember feeling so tied to her that I had this thought in high school of like, I'm gonna have to marry your son. (laughs) Like, I just was like, (laughs) she's infiltrating my life. And you know, but I, did she have a weird relationship with her son? She just, no, he was just like a year younger than me and, um, he would like be in a lot of the classes and she also like, she was a single mom. And so she had a couple of long-term relationships. And I remember like one of them ended and she like told me about it and nothing like, like, you know, lascivious or inappropriate. Right. But it was still like, she was sort of 
treating me like a friend, but, you know. Which at that age is very cool. It's, like, very intoxicating. Like, there's an adult who's, like, trusting me to talk about adultish things in a way that a lot of adults don't. Yeah. So it's like, that's like, oh, she thinks I'm cool, so she must be cool. And I remember the first time I ever, like, in high school, I switched schools from this, like, all-girls Catholic school to a um, public school and, like, had no friends for, like, a year and a half and went to this one like cast party mm-hmm. um and at, at this like mansion and everyone was like just given 40s and i like drank some of the 40 and like made out with a guy in a walk-in freezer oh um, that is you know very erotic and then like cried to this like closeted kid after about like i don't friends and Wait, so the kid you made out with was closeted no no um it, just this other we were like both waiting for like our moms to pick us up after sure. and so i remember like getting into the car and probably had consumed like half a beer which which would have been enough, like, mm-hmm. at, you know, but I was like, play it cool, be normal. But, like, my mom picked me up. And then the next morning, like, I called Lynn and I was like, I got drunk. Should I tell my mom, blah, blah, blah? And she was like, maybe don't. And so, like, she was this, like, cool outlet. She seems like know, a hip aunt. Totally, totally. Right. And at the same time, she would also, like, um, talk here and there about her own career as an actress. And, like, when you're a kid, you don't. You know, I wasn't like from L.A. or even like I lived near the city, but didn't, you know, my parents were not remotely in the industry. So she'd be like, I was the artistic director of the Corning Glass Theater Company. And I was like, that sounds good, you know, right. But then the older I got, the more I was like. Or like she, you know, like many people, like she was the type of person who had like five stories. And at first you're like, yeah, that's like of this big audition or something. And then the older I got, the more I was like. I had just started, like, she would tell me how she was going to start this theater company, and I would be, like, a big part of it, and this and that, and how it would be in upstate New York, and I was a little like, I don't know if I want to do that, but also I feel so, like, I am your chosen one, you know, and my parents were also like, why are you so, like... Involved were, with her. Were they her? weirded out by it, or they were just like, "All right, this is your hobby, and we're trying to support that." They were pretty good about like um, masking their concerns here and there. Things would crop up. Like I remember once coming home, and I had asked Lynn. I must have been maybe like thirteen, and I was. I had asked her what a liberal was because I knew my parents were not that, mm-hmm. and she was like, "A liberal is someone who's open to change." And I came home and I told my parents, "I was like, Lynn says a liberal is someone who's open to change," and my parents were like, you know. And at the time, I was like, oh, no, huge rift. Is this a problem? But really, like now as an adult, I know that it's just like an eye thing. I remember being like in that same time being like, my parents are conservative and my mentor is uh, like a Democrat. Who will I choose? Like, I just found a way to be stressed about everything. I still do it. Um, I mean, I remember when I was probably around the same age of like uh, 12 or something. And my mom got a psychic reading. And the psychic was like, just mentioned like, I see that you're, you have a close relationship with your son. That'll continue. As he gets older, he'll probably have less of a close relationship with his father. And she told me that. And I was just like, oh, no, my days with my father are limited. Yeah. This, is, this is a foregone conclusion. Yes, and yes. And like, it's a fucking dumb psychic that she saw in a strip mall. Right. But, but like, I was like, I had anxiety about that for right. like weeks. If you're just... And I feel like I've been, because I, 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 like, I've been trying to take more, um, I don't know, responsibility for like dealing with my like bouts of anxiety because I was reading, I was reading this book earlier today or, or this weekend where 
it was about like anxiety and it was talking about how like if someone had chronic diarrhea, mm-hmm. they wouldn't go about their life being like, oh, but it doesn't happen today. They, they would be like, OK, yeah. this is and it's too bad that this is my thing, but it's my thing. I'm going to wear diapers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I am realizing like I'm sure there's gradations of levels of anxiety of and I've only had like one or two periods where I was like, it's really out of hand. But I do find like I waste a lot of time and this and that and just like have a much, a greater stress reaction to things that the average Joe would not. Yeah, we were talking about today just about like sleep issues. Right. Like that is a thing that is always whenever I'm in a period of period of duress or anxiety yeah. or low grade depression, it's like. I wake up at four and the mind just starts going. Yeah, yeah. And to just be like, I mean, obviously you can't control it completely, but be like, set yourself up for this to not like drive you crazy. Um, But so I think like if you're someone who has that preset as a kid, like when I was – things would just like stick with me, you know, in the way that you're saying that like the psychic was like, you're going to have a rift with your dad or, you know. Well, because so many – I think so many things is like it's the – it's like coding something, right? You're like you're you're. I don't know anything about code, so that's a bad <laughs> metaphor. But like you know, you're all the 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 uh, neurological pathways are being written still. So you hear something for the first time, like the first time you experience a crush, like that right. is so big. Or right. the first time you feel like heartbreak, that's like right. so big, and it's always big later on. Yeah. But that first time is so crushing because you've right. never had it before. Right. So it's like when you hear like a thing like, "Oh, is this going to be a rift?" Because you don't know what the fuck life right. is. But I also think I'm learning more and more that like babies really like come preloaded with some stuff. Hmm. That like it's not because when I have struggles, I'm like, but my childhood was pretty good. Like I don't deserve to, you know, but like they're talking about how there's this like startle response thing where they'll like have three babies lined up and they'll like clap near them. And like two of the babies will be like, whatever. And one baby will freak the fuck out. And like some people just are. So I think I'm a bit more like that. But I think that's 100 percent true. But you also told like a, a salient story about like, oh, 88. Hmm. And, like, that is probably feeds into that, Wait, like, what? notion of, like, your test that you got in Oh, yes. So, like, so that, that's like, definitely some nurture yes, there. That's yes. some conditioning. No, it's both. It's te- definitely both. Um, so, anyway, um, yeah, my – so she, like, the back older – Back to Lynn. Yes, back to Lynn. So – and I feel really weird about talking about this because m- as I was going through, like, knowing her and getting closer with her – I saw her as completely a positive figure. I was like, she's great. She represents like me because I was like a really studious kid. And like many people in my family like went to Harvard and I was like, I must go to Harvard too. But at the same time was like developing this dream of like being an actor. And so it was like these conflicting dreams. And she would tell me like, you are, you know, you're a people pleaser and you're trying to please your parents. And she kind of introduced that notion to me. And I was like, well, she's definitely right. But at the same time was just becoming the new person for me to please, you know? Mm -hmm. And so anyway, like I, you know, I thought she was like the best and cool, but I was also like scared by her and what, like, cause I felt like the more I became involved with her, the more it would like pull me away from my parents. And she would also be like, I'm, she would like craft plans that involve me of like, she at one point moved from Long Island into New York City and she's like, I'm starting my New York City studio and you're going to be one of my teachers and this and that. And I was like, at that age, that's like, holy fuck, it's happening. Yes, it was cool, but I was also, but I was also becoming savvy enough to be like, I don't know if you've done, like, are you legit? Like, you know, and my old, my dad had a partner at his practice 
whose daughter was on Broadway and was like, you know, and I remember my parents, they were like supportive of me, but they knew what it looked like to have like a family friend who, because at that age, I like wanted to like be on Broadway. It wasn't right. so much like the comedy stuff. And they were like, Allison's great. She works hard. She's passionate about this stuff. But like, we don't know that she has that skill set, right. you know? And so they were, and they were like, she's getting all obsessed with this woman who like teaches out of her apartment. And like, you know, we just don't know that she should be putting all these eggs in like, this One woman, you know, basket, yeah. yeah. And so then I remember like my senior year, I did like a big final recital and she was also like hippy dippy. And at the end of the year, she like gave me an, uh, this necklace that was just like a piece of string with a like big crystal on it. And I then like went off to college at Harvard and spent the whole year like holding the necklace and stuff. And I remember she would also like get really um what am I trying to say like I remember her once telling me um you shouldn't gossip it's bad it's me you know and I was like I guess I appreciate that and then I would like be making new friends in college and they'd like start to be talking to talk shit and I'd be like oh I don't gossip I remember like my oldest friend from college who I'm still friends with my friend Barry he's like what the what do you mean you don't gossip like you're you're 18 of course you yeah and like we have to what are we not going to speak we're going to talk about these tables like you know and so I was like oh yeah I don't know if I can you know so she started to like just tell me more and more things that had nothing to do with like acting and this and that you know and um I remember like February of my senior year, like, uh, sorry, my freshman year of college, looking into, like, the possible major I was going to do, and I was considering, like, a music major, because I felt like that was, like, you know, there wasn't, like, a theater major at Harvard, and I didn't, like, apply to any acting programs, because I was kind of too intimidated, and I was also like, my dream is fancy smart school. Um, So I remember, like... You want to get all hundreds or 103s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I remember, like, call because I would call her a ton, and I remember calling her and being like, oh, it turns out, like, the music major isn't really, like, it's not, like, performance, it's, like, history and theory and this and that, and she's like, so you are at this school that has nothing to do with, like, your dream of, you know, being an actor. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I don't know. Like, I was like, you have a point, but it's also, like, the number one school. Yeah, fucking support me here, Yeah. Man. And so she was like, I don't know what, like, you are on a path to living your whole life for your parents. Ever since you got into Harvard, your parents have been crazier. They're, you know, and I was like, okay. And she was like, you should transfer. You should go to NYU. And I was like, okay. And she was like, if you really want your dream, like that's what you should be doing. And I was like, okay. So I remember like coming home. Um, that feels like a, 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 a big step. Like right. you crossed a, a line. Right. Thing. But I was like, I mean, I was like, well, she is right. Like, but why you're also am like I... an adult now at this point? So right, it's like but not... did not feel, you know. Yeah. But I was like, she's right in that. If it was like, why did I go to the school? It's only because of my parents. But I was like having an actually really great time. It was like very fun, and once... a lot of people don't have that their freshman year. Right, right, yeah. and like I knew that I wasn't trying to go to any more school, so mm-hmm. I was like, not worried about getting great grades you know so I was like I'd go to class but then I'd spend all this time doing like all this extracurricular theater and I'd like met all these fun people and I was like I'm having the time of my life and I was like cool for the first time in my like when I had switched high schools I had no friends and just was super lonely and then my mom 
there were like these orientation programs. There was like an outdoor one, like an outdoorsy one and one for international students and um, a community service one. And then there was an arts one. And my mom like applied for me to this arts one. I don't know why she wasn't like, Allison, apply for this. Yeah. But she did. But that's really sweet though. Yeah. And it was like you could come to school a week before and like learn about all the arts departments and meet some upperclassmen who were involved and you like put together a little like pageant and there was like music and acting and visual arts and stuff like that. And so I did that and sort of met all my best friends right away, was like cast in in the plays and was like, you know, a cool kid in terms of like theater nerds and gays. Like, yeah. you know, like... That's what um, you want. That's the sweet spot. That's, that's what I wanted. And so... Um, was like having this great time, but I was like, I guess she's right that like I'm just here for them. So I like went home for like either it must have been either Christmas break or spring break or something. I went home and I was like, um, I asked my parents to like come into this room and I was like, so I think I should transfer to NYU. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, it's just like, you know, I want to be an actor and like. Harvard isn't that. Also, P.S. I know that whoever listened to this, this is like the most privileged, snotty story ever. But hopefully, like the prevailing relationship I'm talking about does like well, is enough. Like, you know. So like it, it's yes, of course, we all are. Uh, most people who are listening to this, I myself, all right, am like everybody is. We are all very fortunate. Right. We're doing. Right. We're doing well. We hit the jackpot. But we yeah, I hope at least born in this country. Yeah. We're doing fine. That like if you can get past some of that like. The broader thing hopefully resonates or whatever. Well, but it's still like I think under under the the broadest of circumstances, even or under even the best circumstances, which we have experienced by and large, it's still hard being a person. So yes. it's still like hard to be like, uh, do, is this what I want? Right. Is this right. where I belong? Do right. I belong at all? Yes. And so I told them, and they were like, no. And I was like, but <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I that's I am. Parenting. Yeah, yeah. And like. I remember calling Lynn right after. I was like, I told them and they like said no. And she was like, apply anyway. Like they'll come around or whatever. And I like went, she was like, I was like so upset at the idea of disappointing them. And also I like school and this and that. And she was like, just go to any movie right now. And like, I'm proud of you. And I was like, okay. So I went to some like black and white movie, you know, it was the 2000s, but like there were some movie about like the world war two or something that I went and like saw sure. and I just like sat in the theater and cried and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. But I, I went ahead and applied and like every weekend of college for the next like eight weeks, I would go down to New York and she would oh, like, that's a trek too. Yes. Yeah. Solid, this four like hours. four hour bus ride, the Chinatown bus. Oh, I took it many times. Yeah. Real creepy. Cause I was in the, I was at the, the Harvard across the, yes. The, yeah. Across the <laughs> sound. Emerson. The one that maybe I should have gone to, you know, no, Boston plus art. Same place. Here we are. There you go. Um, so I would go and visit her every weekend and she would like prepare me for my audition for Tish and my friends, I wouldn't tell them what I was doing and they like thought someone in my family was sick or something. And I, and I'm like, have always been really close with my parents and I didn't like speak to them for like months because I was just like, I'm applying. And they were like, no. And so I just wouldn't call them because I was like, we're just going to have this argument I again. Avoid conflict. And that was really sad for me because I had had no rebellion in high school. Like, mm. I, I still am like, my parents are the best. This is like, like the most punk thing you've ever done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, applying to theater school. <laughs> and so I remember, like, coming, I guess it would have been my spring break. I, like, came home and... Um, 
had to go back to my high school and like get my transcripts or something. And they were like, our golden child who went to Harvard. And I was like, I'm trying to leave. Um, and then I like went into New York to do my audition and like my mom and dad knew what I was doing and they were just like, I mean, you're, you know, 18 or 19, we can't stop you, but like, this isn't going to happen. So I like apply and I get in and I remember being at Harvard and like getting my NYU acceptance and like seeing my friend and he didn't know what I was doing. This, this was my friend who was like, you gotta gossip. Mm -hmm. Um, seeing my friend and bursting into tears. And he had like asked to like borrow my pen. He was like, can I borrow this pen? And I burst into tears and he's like, I don't need it. Um, and I was like, I applied and I'm going to switch schools. And he was like, what? Like I, what are you doing? I, get in and then I like at the time was like in a play at school and my parents came up to see it and afterwards like I told them that I got in and they were like yeah no still no mm-hmm. and I remember also my dad at one point called me and was like what if you stayed at Harvard but we like you went to London for a year did a study abroad and I was like That's and a I great compromise right and I called Lane and I was like my dad said this like what if I and she was like no you must go and I was like oh, okay so I like called my so I know so I called my dad back and and I was like no, and he was like I don't know, you know. I am, I am right. Really He's really here, trying, man. right? And at the same time, she also was like starting this studio in upstate New York. And I remember like I went up and visited it, and it was like bumblefuck New York. And I think I had one year like seen a concert she did there with people, and it was like very weird townies. And I remember like I went up and visited, and my phone died. And she was like, "That's a message that like you need to be alone with your thoughts up here." And I was like, "Okay." So anyway, I after I'd gotten in, my I was in a play. My parents came and saw me, and afterwards they like took me into it was near like this science center building and my parents took me into a classroom and they were like, you're not going to go. Like my dad, I'm like me and my dad are like the same person and we have a super close relationship and I'm close with my mom, but it's more of a yin and yang. My dad was saying to me, he was like, I was ready to let you go. Like, I just don't want you to be mad at me. But my mom was like, no fucking way. And she literally said to me, and this is, this is going to sound so mean, but it's actually one of the greatest moments in my life. My mom sat me down and this woman who knows nothing of theater or anything was a lawyer, like then, you know, stayed at home super dedicated mom. She sat me down and she was like, you're not talented enough to be an actor. So you're going to stay at Harvard. And I was like, and what was great though, was I at least had, um, like in every other area of my life, except this like passion for being in, being an actor and in entertainment, I'm like a fucking pushover. Like if an authority figure tells me something, I'm like, you're right. Mm -hmm. But this, for whatever reason, love of like performing and like belief in my own self was strong enough that I didn't go, oh, I was like, you don't know what you're fucking talking about. I didn't use those words, but it didn't hit me, which was actually like, Good. One moment in your life, like, oh, this, I do care about this. I'm right. And I have, right. Like the, you know, and so she said that she's like, there is absolutely no way we, you know, and NYU is like the most expensive school in the world. I had $80 Mm -hmm. to my name. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, you know, leaving that and calling Lynn and being like, they say like they, like they won't pay for it. Like it absolutely won't happen. And she goes, what if you paid for it? And I was like, what? And she what was like, you pay for it, Lynn. Right. And she was like, get off my put, back. She was like, what if you put yourself through college? And I was like, okay. So I call NYU and I was like, what how the, do you Lynn, go? Don't you know that college is basically 
I mean, if you're getting a, a very specific degree, otherwise just have a good time. It's right, bullshit. right. You're getting out and you're 22. You've plenty of time right, to do shit. Right, right. And I like called NYU and I was like, how do you go by yourself? Like, and they were like, <laughs> well, that, like, first, yeah. like, oh. <laughs> I was, they were like, first, there's like a $500 deposit for this. And I was like, I have $80. And they were like, yeah, no, you can't. No, that, that and they were also like, like, I would have to like emancipate myself from my parents because they'd be like, you have rich uh-huh. parents, you know. So then I called Lynn and I was like, they, I don't have the money. And she was like, she had always told me about this thing growing up called Hoffman. And she was like, it's this program that one day you should go to. It's like a week in Canada. It'll change your life. And I was like, and so she had told me that growing up and she's like, I want, went like one day you will go. So I call her after my parents, like put their foot down and, and NYU is like, yeah, you can't, we're not going to like give you financial aid. And I was like, I can't go. And she was like, I don't know. Your life's like on a really bad track. And I was like, How? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay. And she was like, I had also already signed up to like do her summer program, which was like seven weeks in upstate in New York. Oh, better. It, but, no, st- and it, where it was like a seven week program that was just once a week, you take lessons with her and the rest of the time you like worked around town or whatever. What? And so, so she was like, you know, I don't know. Like, she's like, you got to go to Hoffman. And I was like, okay. So I then. Is there any moment in this where you're like starting to see like the cracks in the veneer or you're like, oh, am I like, the, I, there's like moments when people realize like, oh, I have somehow ended up in a cult or like I am an abusive relationship. And I, didn't I was it. so like, I felt bad all the time. That's so good, that's, I, that's when you know you're in a good place. But I like, and I'm like this in that I, when something's going wrong, I'm like, it's my fault. Sure. So I, I just was like, thing. yeah, I was like, I am bad. So that's why this is happening. And it wasn't like, you know, and it just felt like this is what's supposed to happen to me. Like I'm supposed to be torn apart between my parents and, and, and this mentor. Right. And so like, I then look up this program Hoffman, which the official name is the Hoffman Quadrinity Process. Oh, no. (laughs) So I like call these people and they were like, um, they had like centers all over the world. But the the, like original one was in Toronto and I'm in Boston. And they're like, we can fit you in for June, like the the last month, the last week in June. It's four thousand dollars. And I was like, I got 80. And so they were like, well, oh. let's, I will say it's you're very consistent. You have yes. $80. You're really clinging the to whole that. time. Didn't waver up or no, down? No, no. So they were like, OK, we can put you on a payment plan. And I was like, OK. It'll, t- I, 80, it'll, it'll take me 20 years to pay it off. No, truly, I paid it off over three years. Oh, you went? Yes. And. So, okay, so what happened was they were like, you know, come to this program. I had no idea what it was. I just knew it was eight days in Canada, and Lynn was like, you should do this. So I send this long email to my parents being like, I'm going to Canada. And, like, you can't – they had said, like, there's no email, contact, no phone, no nothing. Like, that, you know, and – I wrote them this, this long the email, process? Quadrinity. Oh, for. sure. Even better. Yeah. And I was, you know, and um, they, uh, um, I like sent them this long email and they were like, okay. And um, which is amazing that they weren't like, what the hell? But I think they were so like torn at this point that their daughter was just like to seem to be going down a weird path. It also or whatever. felt like they were like really willing to make compromise, and they drew a line in the sand. Like, okay, we we 
we were assholes about that one. Give her this one fucking win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, I then called Lynn and I was like, I've signed up for that program. I'm going to do it. I will have to miss like one week of your thing. And she was like, what the hell? Like, I told you to do that, but not miss a week of my thing. And by a week, it's really not like five or seven days. It's like one day, one like afternoon a week, you're like doing a voice lesson with her, you know? And I'd been like her disciple for years. And she was like, I did not like, like now you shouldn't do my program at all. And I was like, okay. She's like, go to Hoffman. You need it. But like, you're not doing my program. And I was like, okay. I remember like walking out on the Charles river, tears streaming down my face being like, I fucking, I didn't say this, but in my mind I was like, I've like created a rift between me and my parents. Like I've been trying to do ever. I like was like deciding that, okay, instead of trying to please my parents, I'll try to please this woman. Cause it felt like she was like getting, she had some truth to her about like, you're just trying to please people and you're, you know. Well, but also like she like opened up doors for you at a right. young age and that's like very intoxicating. And that's right. It's like, like, oh, you helped me. You like were entree to this world that I think I want my life to be. So right. Like, I, you are the person I want to please because that's who I want to end up. Yes. Hopefully not in the upstate uh, buttfuck with <laughs> yeah. a bunch of uh, uh, townies doing yes. <laughs> our town or whatever. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not even a full play. Like just you sing a song for people like uh, like a weird cabaret thing. That's, uh, that's fun. So like. Um, Cabaret with Natty Ice. Yeah, yeah. So I go, I'm like, holy fuck, like, goddamn, I've been trying everything to please this person. And so I go and take a 12-hour bus to Toronto um, and show up. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm in store for. It's me and 15 other people and four teachers. And basically, it was like a new agey alternative rehab where everybody else there had real problems. Like you had roommates. My roommate, I was 19. There was a 25-year-old girl who was there because she had been like molested throughout her childhood. What? Yep. So had like a theater. No, 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 no. This what? was a self. She was like... Like you're fucked up. Your life is on the wrong path. So you need to go to this. Did she tell you this when you were a kid? Like when you she were much younger? She had told me when I was much younger that like there is this program that anyone can benefit from that's like about how to live life right. Oh no. But like she was like, you need this now, you know? And so um, I go and like everyone is, every person there is at a major crossroads in their life. There was a guy who was like a chronic masturbator. There was a guy who had like anger management issues. There was a woman who, um, had been a victim of incest as a kid and Jesus she fuck. could only come if she thought of her brother. Oh no. <laughs> like, like, you know, oh. and so, and then I'm there being like, I'm at Harvard and like, I think I should go to like, like, and, like, and then you fuck your uncle. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, so you know, like, and so insane. Yeah, cool. and you had to fill out pages and pages of like these intake forms about like what's going on in your life. What are these like patterns that you have found are you got from your parents and that are not serving you? And it's you know all this stuff. And it was like eight days where you're like on this farm in Toronto, and it's like no internet, no phone, no music. Um, no contact with the outside world. Well, outside of like you're you're signed up for something that's uh, way over your pay grade. Like that sounds nice. Yes. At least, and, at least in today's world, we're like, oh, it's shutting off. Right. 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 And like ultimately, the program was like totally harmless. It was like any self help book that you'd read, 
from a Barnes and Noble in 3D form, you know, of just like, and they had their philosophy. They had this thing called like the negative love syndrome or whatever. It was really just like all your shit is from one parent or another. You have to learn where you got these from, these like patterns from, heal them. And then, you know, so that you can break out of these patterns and like, transcend instead of like repeating you know and it's like okay fine like whatever you know but it was stuff like you'd get a pillow that represented like your inner child and like at one point i think we like beat up the pillow like i don't you know all this shit sure masturbated all over the pillow you know yeah for sure oh you also couldn't masturbate that was like a thing they never like came in and checked but you weren't supposed to there's like an honor system and how was that guy doing i don't know um (laughs) vikram he i i wish him well did he look crazier every day i i don't I was like so up in my own sure. world, yeah, so like I don't remember. What theater school do I go to? Yeah, but I really remember being like, "Oh, what do I feel like an asshole?" Because like I even like felt the need to embellish my own shit sure. because I had little things like I had disordered eating stuff growing up, and so I That's was like, "Yeah," but I w- w- like embellished it some to be like because we had to at points like in the middle of the week get up and like like air your greatest like secret or dirtiest shit or whatever and that's when like this woman was like i have to think of my brother to come and you know and i was like i you know yeah yeah and so you know but when i was there like you had these four teachers one of them was jennifer one of them was dale sweet people and there was different like group therapy settings and this and that and like sweet people that told me a lot of the stuff that this lynn woman told me but in a way that felt like not like they they had a grip on me. Like I felt like she owned me. Well, that's that's the codependency. Cause right. I've, I've started reading some codependent things of late, and a lot of it is just like you're trying. You're always worried about what the other person's doing, and yes. you're trying to control that. It's not so much like I need you. It's just like I want to control right. what you're doing, and right. vice versa. Um, yes. And that sounds like oh, you need to go here because I did this, and this will make me feel more self actualized as a person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I was just like, I feel like they're saying what she wants to say, but they're not like suffocating me or telling me. Like, I felt like she had a plan for my life and I didn't like it. And, but I felt like I was supposed to do it. Whereas like, I felt like they didn't have any such plan. And I remember at the end of the program saying to one of the teachers, I was like, I feel, I felt like revitalized. And I remember even thinking like, I could never marry anyone who doesn't like go through this program. Mm. When it was like, I just hadn't read enough books yet, sure. you know? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to stop all my old patterns of behavior and this and that. And I remember saying to one of the teachers being like, I have this teacher who recommended this program to me. And I um, feel so indebted to her but I don't know how to start our relationship again and not go back into bad patterns. Can I just like tell her I need time so that like, I just felt like I needed this to bake in and then I could like reenter the relationship. And they're like, yeah, maybe just like call her, leave her a message and be like, thank you so much. I need a little time, but I will like contact you, you know, that's fine. And I was like, okay, great. So I called her at a time when I like knew she would not. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And then I had like a brick Nokia phone and mm-hmm. um, had like a messenger back and, at, at the time and lost the phone. And it turned I, it turned up a week later in the like lining of my bag. And um, it was like a huge bag or whatever. And I 
Um, so I'd lost it just after I left the message. And then I found the phone and had a voicemail from her that was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I'm not the enemy. Why do you need space for me? And it was such an angry, visceral reaction that I, that was like all the information I needed to be like my suspicions about her being in a, in a an unhealthy or toxic figure felt like very validated. Was well, the first time when you showed up this program, did you, when was the time where you like start to feel like you were seeing uh, behind the curtain? You're like seeing, oh, Oz is not what I thought. Well, definitely that moment of like, this is not a normal person reacting. Yeah, the way that I was like, I have fucking done everything that you've asked yeah, great, to the detriment of my parents, my own happiness. Like, I actually really loved Harvard and was, like, having a great time. And I was like, I know this isn't the most direct path, but it's like, it's not like I'm, like, fucking around in a gutter. Like, I'm, ha- you know, having a good experience yeah. and, you know. And so that j- – and the thing was that, like, that program made me feel like I had – because – I felt like with her, I couldn't trust myself to make any decisions without her um, judging or just being disappointed or approval. Or, yeah, just being like, yes, you can make that decision. Right. So this program made me be like, well, maybe if I just rely on those techniques, then I can make decisions. And so then, like, my, you know, that summer, my parents like let me do this like summer program at NYU, where I also was suddenly seeing all of these people who were fucking really talented actors, dancers, singers that were off. It was like a whole other level that this teacher could not offer me. So it was this one, two punch of like, I'm taking space from her feeling like maybe I can make some my own decisions and seeing like this person isn't really necessarily on the path. Like here's pay some money and you can see the real talent and this and that. And then I like, so I didn't, I took this space from her and I would periodically call her on Tuesdays when I knew she was like teaching these classes and wouldn't be home. And I'd be like, Hey, just thinking of you. Like, I hope you're doing well because I felt like I know she means well, I know she's good and, but I'm not ready to re-engage. And then I like went back to school and just like made peace with like, I'm at Harvard. I'm, I love it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'll do my best or whatever. And Time went on and I would leave these messages and I found like I would make decisions and like I'd be fine. You know, everything. You didn't, you didn't need it. Like, right, right. Or... Like I just, I had gotten to a point where I felt like if I didn't run everything by her, my life would really go to shit. And so I was like, things are fine. I'm fine. And so eventually I stopped calling her and I remember my mom like months later was like, what happened to your relationship with Lynn? And I was like, I don't remember what I told her, but I was like, I don't know. It just like took a turn. And then I went on and like finished school and also shifted my dreams from like theater to comedy. And so you just stopped like after a while you stopped calling her and then just went yeah, the wayside. Yeah. And like, I think like a year later she had like sent some refund for the, that summer program I was supposed to do before. Mm-hmm. And I remember I like, Years later, friended her son on Facebook and like saw some pictures of her and like exchanged some cor- correspondence with him and was like, I hope your mom's well. I remember once I think messaging him and being like, I'd like to reconnect with your mom. And I don't think he answered. Oh. And um, I remember another one of her students from when we, when, when I was growing up, reached out to me being like, I had a nightmare about Lynn and like, I want to reconnect with her. Like, do you have her phone number? And I was like, this is all I have. Like I had some number that I wasn't right. sure if it was her number anymore. And so... That was that, but I just like still think about her. I think about like, what if one day I see that she's died? Yeah. And it wa- wasn't until 
being much older that I was like, I told this to someone once and they were like, there's a This American Life about like being in like a cult of one. And like, I listened to that and I was like, this resonates a lot with me. And yeah, I just... It feels very weird to be like, I had this relationship that while I was going through it, I was like, this is right. This is good. She's good. Well, also, also like you are so young and yeah. your, your mind is so flexible and so, you're so open to any sort of ideas, especially like, you know, it's at that age, you are naturally going to rebel. Right. And if like, if you are like, oh, 88's too low. And you're, right. Like, you're always going to want to please your parents. So that's like the most like slight version of rebelling. Right. Like I'm just listening to your thoughts right. and your ideas. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that is that probably is a story that happens a bunch, especially in like the weird suburbs th- theater communities. Yeah. Like I had a Lynn who was like the best version, like uh, Mrs. C. She was wonderful. She yeah. like, had this community theater and it's still going on. And it's like so many people are so indebted to her. Right. But like, I feel like that's that can happen right. frequently because it's a lot of people who end up in positions that maybe not by choice. Right. Or, and, then and then it's so just easy. Like I see a lot of future or brightness in you and then you're just projecting all that onto Right. You, and you can't help not bring your own right. uh, perceptions to it. So like I'm going to make all the choices that I – I'm going to try to make have you make all the choices that I wish I had Right, made. right, right. I think that makes a ton of sense. And yeah, I was just like, you know, I feel like I'm a person who like is pretty – I don't leave loose ends. I like feel like I, you know, if there's weirdness between me and a person, I really try to like apologize and just like not have any like longstanding weirdness or anything. Um, but I just that's just this one. Back to it. Yeah, and uh, it feels weird and like I do think that hopefully people can relate to sort of a codependent situation that. But it like wasn't in the context of a romantic relationship, so. Yeah, but I think that still happens quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. um, I was I was definitely lucky to have uh, teachers that were not that right, and, like inherently supportive. But they also was like sheer numbers. They had a lot more people, so they were focused on other people. But um, yeah, I think that's likely to happen, especially yeah. when you are. You do have an, a very willing audience. Right. And somebody like when you're able to prosthetize and like people like accept what you're saying as like gospel, uh, especially like when you're talking about like whatever theater company you're the head of and you're like, oh, that's that's a big deal. Like, right. You don't fucking know what a right. big deal is. Right. Right. Like, I remember a guy uh, who was one of my professors when I first moved here, like my last semester of college. He's a wonderful dude and uh, was great and I was a big fan of him. But then like I would go and have coffee to make like six months after I graduated and like every time I went, it was like there was like a palpable shift, like where it became like a thing. Where like I'd ask him for advice, and then like two years into it, it was like he'd start. He was asking fully me for advice. Right. And I was like just, which is normal, but it was like I was like a bummer. It's like oh, here's a person that I held on such like high regard. Right. And I still do, but it's like oh, right. We are peers, and uh, the things that I thought about you, like this kind of. Uh, deitizing of you is like it's not totally. there totally and i'm i to this day still like seek mentors and they like i you know like i have a therapist and i um like work with this like it sounds corny but this like career coach once a month who mm-hmm. is actually like super helpful and i have to like really watch myself of not just like creating a new person and be like just like me and i'm going to make all my decisions based right. on what you want like she's really with it and knows to be like don't do this because of me like you know um but, uh, or even like, I think there's, you know, I was like really in the, 
UCB world and I look back on like all great people, but like, you know, a, a mod coach or something that I was like, this person's it. And then yeah. you're like, this person's just trying to like book a commercial. Like, you know, like yeah, they're doing the same shit I'm doing. Right. They're just better at this one thing. Right, 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 right. So they're a couple years older and, and I will be there eventually. Right, yeah. right, right. So yeah, just a, that was a weird, stressful patch in my life. So there was never, there was never like real, any blow up. You just like, you went to this thing and then realized like, oh, I just need space from this person. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that when I left that first message to be like, I need space from you, she was like, what the hell is this? Like, I'm not the enemy. And I was like, oh my God, you know, that just made me, I'd never seen her be like that. Yeah, it feels like a little single white female. Right, right, right. So... Did that like lay the track for you? Because you're still young at that point, like in the future, like now, currently, are you much better at recognizing like, oh, this doesn't feel healthy and I'm going to set up boundaries? Like, was it good? Was that a positive thing that came out of it? I think from there, I've like never again, you know, gotten a mentor or something like that and let them control my life. And I I can't think of like other codependent relationships that I've had. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was the pinnacle of it. I still like put truly anyone on a pedestal like my like yeah so you know and want approval and stuff like that but it's the sort of thing where it's like I know this about myself and I can be like not let it I can you know it's it's just like someone who's like a neat freak or something you're like this is what I do this is me but I can like stand outside myself and like make the right decision or whatever not you know it doesn't control you and it's not it's not a need to always be like or always seek approval from people yes yes so yeah what um it's interesting because like that is such a formative age and it wasn't like something that went too terribly awry right I, I have acquaintances from school had similar things from like high school had similar things where it got weird and like sexual where it's like an adult and like a borderline adultish. Yeah. And that's like obviously a whole other level of terrible. But like that feels, it's projecting such a level of stress onto your life. And it is like an abusive relationship. Right. I felt like I was her, like becoming her daughter. Mm. And yeah, I just, I mean like, I think most other people would not have let this affect them. But my combination of like anxiety, people pleasing and passion for, I really wanted to like be an actor. And I thought she was telling me, if you don't do what I say, you're not going to live your dreams or, you know. Yeah. Well, I think it is like a very difficult thing overall when you start to see heroes as humans. Yeah. Yeah. When you start to like realize like, oh, you are, you were somebody who I thought the world of, and I still do, but like now I'm seeing all of your faults and your fallibilities, and it's yeah. really hard to come to grips with that, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Any of those moments where like, I remember once having this crush on this guy in high school, being like very obsessed with him, and then he then like asked out my friend, and I was like crushed, and then I saw him perform at our school's Battle of the Bands, and he was horrible and i was like crushed dead yeah, like exactly. i'm you know it was great i was like this, yeah, yeah. I, I remember in college like that was a big thing like i would if i had a crush on somebody i would like i don't want to go see you on a play or whatever or i'd like be very nervous because like if you're not good in this it's over it's, it's donezo so yeah it's yeah. that's tough stuff especially like in our fields like you have to be able to believe in somebody who's yes. gonna be a in theoretical partner right 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 yeah. It's like, eh, so. if you're not a partner, if you're just a friend, then it's fine. You're not that great, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Do you have, um, and obviously this was a while ago, but do you have any advice 
for anybody who finds himself in a similar situation where like, how, why am I, why is this this weird backwards thing that I need to approve them? What? How did I end up in this codependent, maybe borderline abusive relationship? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, um, for me, it came down to like, I did not trust myself and uh, just, uh, you know, doing that of being like, yeah, maybe you're young, but, you know, if you can look back on your history and be like, I'm doing okay, I'm making good decisions, um, to trust yourself, even if people who are older and being very passionate or whatever are telling you different. Um, and like, it felt so bad. And so I felt so trapped, like any decision I made was going to be was going to hurt in some way or another. That is such a red flag of like, this is probably not right, you know? And, um, yeah, if someone's like gripping to you that much, that's, that's a sign. Yeah. That is solid. Yeah. That is solid. Uh, thanks. All right. Thanks for uh, having me. I'll see you for the next, uh, 40 days of doing terrible work. All right. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Thank you. I see evidence. I mean, come on. I told you she was great. And wasn't she great? Allison Rich, everybody. Give her a big round of applause. I apologize for you to do that. You're applauding. Thank you for being polite. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much, Allison. She's wonderful, delightful. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to me. I appreciate it. I'll see you at work tomorrow. And you're fucking cool. So thank you. Um, a couple other thank yous. Thank you to Kingdom Flying Club and Julia Pot for art and music. A big thank you to Hayden Fongheiser for doing everything behind the scenes because I'm technologically inept and a dum-dum. Uh, and, of course, the biggest thank you goes to you guys. You're great. You're smart. You're wonderful. You're talented. Of course, I think you're smart and talented because you're listening to me. And that's a narcissist thing, the thing to say, but I'm just fucking rolling with it. But thank you so much for uh, uh, just being cool and going on this journey with me on a new season. And that's it. I hope you guys have a great week. Please keep your hands at 10 and 2. And I'll talk to you next week for another banger of an episode. Love you guys. 